Section 19 of the Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by C. Whatley. Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1, Section 19. Monday the 22nd. My soul enjoys sweet communion with God but I am obliged to exercise patience in bearing with the manners of poor, blinded, hardened sinners. Oh, might they at last with sorrow return, the pleasure to taste for which they were born. Our Jesus receiving our happiness prove the joy of believing the heaven of love. Tuesday the 23rd. The peace of God abideth constantly with me. I preached again by the side of a hill near the bath, and the word had a melting influence on some of the congregation. The dissenting minister attended our prayer meeting in the evening and prayed with us. By the blessing of God, my body began to feel the benefit of the waters. May the Lord bless these means for the entire restoration of my health, and in all my ways may I acknowledge Him and ever study to serve Him with all I have and all I am. Reading the lives of Halliburton, Walsh, and Durante has had a great tendency to quicken my soul. Our not growing in grace is seldom for the want of knowledge concerning our duty, but generally for want of using proper means to bring the knowledge we have into spiritual use. Our dull spirits must have line upon line and precept upon precept. Wednesday the 24th. The congregation was rather increased. Many were affected, and one man fell down. It clearly appears that I am in the line of my duty in attending the springs. There is a manifest check to the overflowing tide of immorality, and the prejudices of many people are in a great degree removed, so that I hope my visit to this place will be for the benefit of the souls of some, as well as for the benefit of my own body, though preaching in the open air to a people who are almost strangers to a praying spirit is more disagreeable to my feelings and a much greater cross than traveling and preaching in a circuit. Friday the 26th. My confidence was strong in the Lord and accompanied with sweet consolation. My company and myself were quickened in our own souls by a diligent use of the means, and the hearts of several others were under some religious impressions. But the zealous conversation and prayers of Mr. Goh seemed to move and melt the hearts of the people more than my preaching does. Lord, send by whom thou wilt, only send to the conviction and salvation of immortal souls. I have found both reproof and instruction in reading the life of Mr. Walsh. At this time, Christ is all in all to me. My heart is sweetly occupied by his gracious spirit. But alas, I am not watchful enough to keep up the spirit of prayer. The praying spirit breathe, the watching power impart. From all entanglements beneath, call off my peaceful heart. Saturday the 27th. There were many to hear the word at three o'clock, and the Lord was with us in the evening when we were assembled for prayer and exhortation. Lord's Day the 28th. 
My soul is kept in the love of God, but longs for an increase of the divine gift. The workers of iniquity are not so bold as they were. Some of them have had convictions, but lost them. Others seem stiffly to oppose the influences of divine grace. Mr. H., who is commonly called the high priest on account of his height, preached today, and I stood clerk for him. But he seemed much dashed, and it was with difficulty he proceeded in his discourse, which was very dry. While I was preaching, my heart was drawn out in compassion to the people, and as the word was pointedly applied to their consciences, I believe some good was done. So much public speaking is almost more than my frame can at present bear, but the spirit within me constraineth me. I feel indeed the want of retirement in this place, yet I make a substitute of family exercises and find communion with God. My soul has lately been much drawn out towards God in reading the life of Mr. Brainerd and longs to be like him and every other faithful follower of Jesus Christ. Monday, the 29th. My present mode of conduct is as follows. To read about a hundred pages a day, usually to pray in public five times a day, to preach in the open air every other day, and to lecture in prayer meeting every evening. And if it were in my power, I would do a thousand times as much for such a gracious and blessed master. But in the midst of all my little employments, I feel myself as nothing, and Christ to me is all in all. Tuesday the 30th. My spirit was grieved to see so little of the fear of God and such a contempt of sacred things as appeared in many of the people in this place. An enmity against God and his ways reigns in the hearts of all the unawakened from the highest to the lowest. The Reverend Mr. W. attended in the congregation to hear the word preached today. Wednesday the 31st. Spent some time in the woods alone with God, and found it a peculiar time of love and joy. Oh, delightful employment! All my soul was centered in God. The next day I unexpectedly met Brother W., and while preaching at three o'clock to an increased company, the word produced great seriousness and attention, and we had a happy, powerful meeting in the evening at Mr. G.'s. But my mind is in some degree disturbed by the reports of battles and slaughters. It seems the Cherokee Indians have also begun to break out, and the English ships have been coasting to and fro, watching for some advantages. But what can they expect to accomplish without an army of two or three hundred thousand men? And even then there would be but little prospect of their success. Oh, that this dispensation might answer its proper end, that the people would fear the Lord and sincerely devote themselves to his service. Then, no doubt, wars and bloodshed would cease. Friday, August 2nd. My soul was in a serious, solemn frame, but earnestly desired to be more universally devoted to God. Brother W. preached today and seemed a little abashed but the Lord was with us in our evening exercises. How difficult it is to be much amongst men of the world and not imbibe their spirit in a greater or less degree. I am afraid my friends begin to grow somewhat languid in their spirits. How watchful, 
devout and heavenly should we be to keep up the power of inward religion in the midst of such a company of sinners of diverse principles and manners. For my own part, I have had cause to lament the want of more watchfulness. Lord, help us to be faithful in all things, to all persons, and in all places. Lord's Day, the fourth. My heart was fixed, trusting in the Lord. Brother W. preached much to the purpose, though there were some little inaccuracies in his language. I preached in the afternoon, and Brother W. again at night. And it appeared to be a time of power. Monday the 5th. Having withdrawn to the woods for the purpose of self-examination, and pouring out my heart in prayer to God, I found myself much melted. Glory to God for a comfortable sense of the divine favor. But alas, how serious, how solemn should I be when so many immortal souls on every side are posting down to everlasting fire. On Tuesday, but few of the gentlemen attended to hear, but I was enabled to deliver my message faithfully and freely, and the common people heard me gladly. The next day also many attended, and I hope my labor will not be altogether in vain. Thursday the 8th. My heart was sweetly resigned to the will of my Lord. I was willing to do or suffer whatsoever he might see proper to require of me. Met with a man today who came from a place about eighteen miles from the springs. He never heard a Methodist before, nor saw one, yet he appeared to be a Methodist in principle, experience, and practice. He was brought to the knowledge of himself and of God by the means of sore afflictions of body, prayer, and reading. Thus we see the Lord works where and in what manner he pleases. My spirit has been much united to the faithful people of God of every denomination, and at this time I felt a spirit of unity with Mr. H., a German minister, though the Germans in general who dwell in these parts seem very insensible to the things of God. On Thursday night we had a mixed company of Germans and English. Mr. H. preached in German and I in English. Our exercises in the evening were as usual. Many have been much affected lately under the word which I have delivered from time to time for God. Lord's Day, the 11th. A fine, sensible, polite gentleman delivered a discourse on the new birth. He described it by its effects, but appeared to be at a total loss in the respect to the manner in which it is wrought. I had spoken in the morning, and in the evening preached again, pressing religion on the young people especially, and showing the superior advantages and satisfaction arising from it even in this life. Monday the 12th. I rode seventeen miles to see a saint indeed, a woman confined to her bed for fifteen years and quite happy in the love of God, though she had never seen a Methodist or any other truly religious people. Where are the freethinkers? Is this priestcraft? How can that be priestcraft which no priest ever had a hand in? No, this is the effect of divine power and goodness, and so is all real heartfelt religion. But if poor impenitent sinners will not give all diligence to know the comfort of enjoying religion, they will, 
they must, though much against their will, know in due time the misery of rejecting it. After I had preached with some divine assistance to about one hundred people collected from the country parts around, we returned and had a comfortable time in our evening meeting. The house in which we live at the springs is not the most agreeable. The size of it is twenty feet by sixteen, and there are seven beds and sixteen persons therein, and some noisy children. So I dwell amongst briars and thorns, but my soul is in peace. Tuesday the 13th I found the parson had been encouraging the gentleman to oppose me, and intimating that it was very improper to permit me to preach. My soul is amongst lions, but the God of Daniel is with me. I attempted to preach in the day, but my mind was shut up, though my spirit was revived in the evening lecture. Is it strange to see a priest conducting a persecution against the people of God? When did a persecution take place in which men of that character had no hand? But although Satan may be permitted to transform himself into an angel of light for a season, yet he will not always have his own way in this matter. Thursday the 15th. My throat grew worse, and it was a rainy day, so I was obliged to be dumb. But having faithfully declared to them from time to time the whole counsel of God, both in his promises and threatenings, I felt myself contented as having delivered my own soul. Friday the 16th. My throat growing worse, they put a blister behind my ear, but my conscience was pure, and I quietly submitted to the will of heaven. May the Lord keep me pure in heart and humble at his feet, till he shall make up his jewels and bring them into his glorious presence, where sorrow and sighing shall be done away. Glory to God, nothing has lately broken the peace of my tranquil breast. Lord's Day, the 18th. Found myself better and felt the desire to preach, which I did, after having heard Parson W., and found myself at liberty while showing, one, the natural state of the Gentile world, two, their spiritual state, three, the means and manner of their change, and lastly, I applied it to the Christian world, so-called heathens in their hearts and practices, and showed how vain it is to substitute heathen morality or religious forms and ceremonies for true religion. My friend, Mr. B. and his wife from Portsmouth arrived here today. Thursday the 22nd. My soul has been daily grieved by the practices of poor blinded sinners, but the Lord has supported and comforted me. I have not spared but preached plainly and pointedly every day this week, and today Mr. S., a German minister, went with me about nine miles to a German settlement where we both preached in our proper tongues. Friday the 23rd. I had some serious conversation with the Quaker on the subject of the Holy Scriptures as the grand criterion of all inward and outward religion, but to deny this is to oppose the present dictates of the Holy Ghost to its former dictates, which would be a most dangerous absurdity. How strange, 
How presumptuous to exalt the dignity of modern speakers beyond that of the prophets and apostles who spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost and have given us a sure word of prophecy whereunto we do well that we take heed. 2 Peter 1.19 But we must come to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Isaiah 8.20 We are sure that the sacred scriptures are of God, and we are as sure if any man speak contrary to them, he is not of God. Lord's Day, the 25th I have had strong confidence towards God, but my heart has not been so constantly and fervently employed in the spirit of prayer as it might have been. After preaching today, I fell in with one of the wildest antinomians I had ever met with. He undertook to prove that love is not love, and said, They that are born of God do not sin, but that they may sin in all manner of ways, and frequently do so. But what was the most surprising, he said, he valued not my God in Christ, for they could neither save nor damn him. Such language is enough to make a man shudder in repeating it. Tuesday the 27th Having taken my leave yesterday, in discoursing on the parable of the sower, I this day turned my back on the springs as the best and the worst place that I ever was in. Good for health, but most injurious to religion. We then rode about twenty-five miles and called to see friend R, but had to lodge on the boards. The next day a minister attended to hear the word at Dr. C's and gave us a kind invitation to his lodging. Saturday the 31st. I met Brother L and Brother F at Mr. G's. Thus hath the Lord preserved me through various trials, and his providence hath conducted me back in safety. I enjoy more health and perhaps possess more grace than before I went to the springs. Now, O Lord, only make and keep me pure, and let me be holy and only thine. My soul was enlarged in preaching today, and many were melted under the word. I strove to prevail with Brother F to go to Baltimore, but could not. Lord's Day, September 1st. I rode to Gunpowder Neck and preached twice. My soul was exceedingly happy in God, both in preaching and meeting the class, as it also was the next day at I.D.'s, but alas, we hear of bloodshed and slaughter. Many immortal souls are driven to eternity by the bloody sword. This is a grief to my soul. Lord, scatter them that delight in war and thirst for human blood. It is well for the righteous that this is not their home. No, they are blessed with a pacific spirit and are bound for a kingdom of peace where no horrid alarum of war shall break our eternal repose. No sound of the trumpet is there where Jesus' spirit o'erflows, appeased by the charms of thy grace, we all shall in amity join and kindly each other embrace and love with a passion like thine. Friday the 6th Having been much fatigued by long rides and preaching and meeting classes every day, 
though for the most part both the people and myself were much quickened, I came today to my old and faithful friends, H.W., and the people felt the two-edged sword of the word, glory to God, I find a constant sense of his divine love, though still blame myself for being too free in conversation when amongst my friends. Lord's Day, the 8th. The congregation at Bush Forest Preaching House appeared to be very insensible, and it seemed as if they had opposed the truth so long that they could feel it no more. But at Deer Creek, my heart was warm and the people were moved. On Monday, I also preached twice, but on Tuesday, it seemed as if my labor was too much for my strength. I have scarce had time to enter a few lines in my journal, but have been almost constantly employed in writing from place to place and speaking to the people. Wednesday the 11th. The people were serious at WB's. Here I saw the son of the famous Dr. F., but how unlike his father, both in respect to grace and good sense. My soul now hangs on the Lord and dwells in the element of purity, desirous of nothing but to enjoy more of God and to be entirely dedicated to his service. On Thursday, I found a loving, simple people at TV's and was comforted in meeting the class, though I had been undesignedly led to reach beyond their capacity in my preaching. Friday the 13th. I came to Mr. G's and met with Brother I. M. from New York, who brought painful accounts of bloodshed and slaughter. On Saturday, I felt unwell and was apprehensive that my return to Baltimore might bring on my old complaints. We had a large company and a refreshing season at Mr. G's, where Brother F. exhorted after I had preached. Monday the 16th. This was an abasing season. My soul was cast down and deeply humbled under a consciousness of my spiritual wants. I did not enjoy such a cheerful sense of the divine goodness as at other times, but ardently panted for more of the Spirit of Christ. Tuesday the 17th. Both rich and poor came out to hear the word at Oak Ridge, and some of the young and gay were made to weep. It will be well for them if they prefer Jesus Christ and his cross to all the wealth and vanity of this world. I went home with Caleb Dorsey, who was once convinced of sin, but has now grown worse than ever. He had about forty souls in his family, untaught as the Indians in the forest. They seem to roll in plenty, but there is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. At Mr. R.'s on Wednesday, we had but a few to hear, but many or few, it makes no difference with me. The Lord filled me with divine consolation while I was dispensing the word of life to them. Friday the 20th. Returned to Baltimore and found that a work which had cost some thousands of pounds was burnt down. How easily can divine providence strip us of all our earthly objects. Are not such occurrences loud calls from a gracious God? Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. I have been much enlarged in preaching and favored with peculiar nearness to God at certain times for this week past.
but have been also sorely tempted by the enemy and found it required great exertions of faith and prayer to conquer every motion. Glory to God for his grace bestowed on me through Jesus Christ. We have now several exhorters raised up in different parts of the country. This evening, Mr. R. A. came to town. Lord's Day, the 22nd. My labor was great. I preached twice and met the white people and the black people separately at the point, and after preaching in town met a class. All this I could submit to with cheerfulness, but my spirit was grieved for the want of more holiness and more of God. O oh, grant that nothing in my soul may dwell but thy pure love alone. O oh, may thy love possess me whole, my joy, my treasure, and my crown. Strange flames far from my heart remove, my every act, word, thought be love. Monday the 23rd My soul has been much harassed by Satan, though I found great freedom in preaching to a number of souls at the point. On Tuesday, also, my spiritual exercises were great and painful. Lord, I am oppressed. Undertake for me. Rode to Mr. E's and found the accuser of the brethren had taken advantage of the society by tempting them one against another. But most of them and the congregation seemed to feel the power of the word preached. Wednesday, the 25th. Though unwell, I returned to town, preached to a large and serious congregation, and endeavored to secure, in a proper manner, our little building at the point. Having preached at NPs on Thursday, I found W.L. very sick on Friday, but the small company which was collected for worship were deeply affected under the word. And blessed be my all-sufficient deliverer, my soul was in a great measure disburdened of its temptations and restored to delightful access to God, especially in the exercise of prayer. O oh my God, keep me always near to Thee, always humble and watchful. Saturday the 28th. At Mr. G's I met the preachers I.M. and T.F., and we had a great melting in public worship. My own soul also partook of the blessing. End of section 19. Recording by C. Watley.